Hey, hello everyone. Welcome to Ooh. our next episode of Coffee Talk by Callstack, when where we talk about latest and greatest in React and React Native news. Uh, today at Callstack, we have a learning and development day, which is a day when we gather all together uh, to discuss learning and development topics. And I was thinking I could get some of my colleagues today on podcast to discuss our latest and greatest in open source activities that we do here at Callstack. So my first guest is as always, as usual, uh, Mike Pieschawa, our head of technology, who is responsible hey for our open source activities. Hello, Mike. Yeah, great to be here, as always. Uh, this is a coffee talk, and we are supposed to drink coffee, but today I have a tea. It's, I have uh, a Red Bull on early for coffee for me. And yeah. Um, we I have some caffeine, right? We can like rebrand yeah, this as yeah, caffeine definitely. talk. And there is some caffeine in... Uh, um, in, in tea as well, uh, so it's not too much. Okay, Mike, let's jump into the topics. Uh, I have two for you. First, please explain briefly, what do we do at Callstack in terms of OSS? What is our structure there? Uh, yeah, so um, OSS, uh, as it stands for open source software, um, uh, at Callstack, we have a um, R&D and open source uh, department or a technology department that governs all of our actions in the open source. And we invest um, heavily in that as a company. It's a uh, like vital part of our business. It's in our company's DNA. And uh, um, as, as a part of it, uh, we structure it uh, in uh, two ways. Uh, we have our maintainers that maintain the open source libraries that uh, we believe are important for the community and some of our libraries and also the deep work research where we um, dive way deeper than with uh, the maintainer stuff so yeah, just the maintain yeah. it's not just the maintaining but actually researching and developing new solutions right yeah yeah and uh, the research part usually happens uh, like behind closed doors and it's eventually open source. Okay, so, let's yeah, jump really into the source. research topic first. And I think this one is a bit controversial, uh, <laughs> uh, if we can say that. Uh, we are recording this on Friday. So this dropped just a day or two days ago, the yeah, request okay. for comments. Can you say something about this? Mm, yeah. So, uh, yesterday, we launched a proposal on the discussions and proposals uh, repository uh, on upstreaming the uh, Expo config plugins um, specification into React Native core. So we want, basically, we want to support uh, Expo config plugins um, uh, uh, by default and uh, React Native CLI apps. Uh, there are multiple ways to attack this problem, and this is not like the um, the only goal that we want to solve. Uh, we are actually there for, um, as a part of Callstack's R&D, we're there to fix uh, or vastly improve the upgrading experience of React Native apps. This is number one problem for many years, and uh, there's this expo that's you know handling this for, for years um, to come um, with uh, 
one of the uh, or two of the ideas, the config plugins and pre-built. So we thought uh, it uh, there is a space where it actually would make sense to adopt those uh, ideas into the core of React Native to make it a part of the ecosystem. So it's not only Expo, it's just React Native where Expo and uh, React Native CLI can implement specific config plugins. And uh, of course, it's a bit controversial because... Uh, uh, but maybe uh, before yeah. we we jump into the controversy part, uh, if I, I will explain in my own words what I think the conflict plugins are, and please tell me how wrong I am, okay? So I think what the conflict plugins are is a language to change the contents of native files inside Expo uh, React Native projects. Yeah, I think you could you could say that. So it's a um, kind of a specification, a set of tools, uh, modifications or mods, um, as they call it, uh, where you can uh, write your modifications to the specific native files, like um, Xcode configurations or Android uh, or or some um, or even some regexes in in terms where there is no good parser for. Um, for something that we want to modify and to, to do it reliably. So Expo yeah. config plugins allow mm -hmm. us to write our modifier so that the native code can be generated for us instead of being there where we can modify it uh, on our own, etc. And this is like the deal breaker for upgrading. We yeah, I was I was going to ask now. you. I'm I'm going to ask you how does that impact upgrading? So again, I'm gonna throw something out there and uh, tell me how wrong I am. Uh, the way we are modifying uh, CLI projects right now is that we modify them directly, right? So I yeah. can uh, write something in my uh, application Java file, and then when I try to upgrade, the upgrade tool does not uh, recognize my added lines. And this can be a problem. And the way the plugin works is more reliable because they work the same way for everyone and they apply the same patches for everyone in the same order. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, there's uh, quite a simplification, but the, the gist of it is, is, is there, right? So, okay. Um, so you can you can basically like the problem uh, with upgrades uh, like one of the bigger problems is that we have all of this native code checked out in our repository. It's also a benefit uh, in in many uh, cases, so it's worth to take that into account. Uh, but it is there. So anytime we upgrade our React Native dependency, we need to make sure hey did it actually change something in the default template and edit those files manually? Um, if you've uh, upgraded React Native app, you know uh, that it's a, it's a pain, basically. And uh, with uh, a mechanism uh, such as con config plugins, we would be able to essentially generate those files. So they won't be, uh, in many cases, they wouldn't need, be, need to be um, uh, checked into the source control. Um, so that gives you this this leverage of uh, upgrading React Native ver version to any version that you like, and it will generate the uh, files for you, uh, provided that the config plugins are 
um, obeying some specific requirements and that they are compatible with the template, with the files, with the yeah. native files out there. And that's the tricky bit. And that's why we believe um, uh, there is a space for moving the config plugin specification into or closer to the React Native core. Uh, okay. So that it's specification that's uh, jumping into. I understand how is it helpful for how it is helpful for upgrading the project, and I think it can be uh, a great help to do that. Jumping into controversy, I've. It's hard not to notice that in the Twitter discussions, in the RFC discussions, we have some voices saying that you can already do that. Like you yeah, can already yeah. use uh, config plugins inside React Native, so why upstreaming this then? Yeah, you can you can already do that with uh, um, by installing Expo and um, running prebuild yourself, which will make changes to the um, um, to those native files at uh, specific. Um, um, I mean modifications to to those native files. And uh, why it's uh, and at the same time, like there is a lot of uh, misunderstanding of what Expo is, what it isn't. There is a lot of clients that we also interact with that, uh, um, for many reasons, uh, that are always that are oftentimes invalid, uh, just don't want to. Use Expo for for a reason. They they want to have uh, you know non Expo app, whatever, and uh, and there is uh, an Expo accounts for like forty percent of React Native downloads, so it's a it's a big chunk, but it's yeah. not all of the apps. And I think as a community, we want to be in a space where most of the apps are uh, either written in Expo or um, or or they're just governed by it. Or using their um, their tools, and only some part of apps that needs uh, to support extra platforms or need to be at the very edge of React Native because Expo is always uh, some versions behind, usually minor versions. Uh, so that's a it's not a big deal for um, for everyone. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's about uh, uh, Expo is great. Uh, and it has its own constraints. It has its own design goals, uh, which are not always the same as uh, being on the edge of React Native using alternative bundlers, using uh, Nile version of, of React Native, and experimenting with that. And we want to make sure that it's all um, all possible, all supported. And now we try to with this uh, RFC. Um, with this RFC, we want to start a discussion on how to like advance the ecosystem forward. Uh, it's it doesn't matter if it's yeah uh, if that's it's the, end up that, in React Native Core this way or another. Sorry, Miho. Yeah, that's the point that I wanted to end up on. So this is an RFC request for comment. It doesn't say that we are going to do this next week and you have to deal with it. Uh, we are asking everyone for their opinion and how we can move on with this idea of how to make React Native more unified, right? And it doesn't have to be ex exactly like uh, like you and other folks at uh, Callstack wrote in the RFC. It can be some other way, but let's start talking about this. 
Uh, thanks, Michal, for joining our today's yeah, coffee you. talk. Uh, have a great rest of your day. And I will go on with the coffee talk and with more uh, updates uh, from our open source space. And right now, to talk with me about the Super Apps Showcase, I want to invite Rafix and Ola to the show. Uh, hello, Rafix. Uh, hello, Ola. Ola, can you show uh, tell us something about what you do at Callstack and what was your involvement in Super Apps template? Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks for having me. It's it's a real pleasure. Um, so I'm the senior content specialist at Callstack, uh, and today I have the pleasure of uh, speaking on behalf of my brilliant marketing team. Um, so our involvement was basically, you know, just um, making the most of the knowledge of our great uh, React Native experts, of our super app experts, and just turning this knowledge into content, uh, which I'm also excited to talk about. Okay. And one of the super apps expert that you are talking about is Rafix. Rafix, can you tell us something about your involvement in super app space? Rafix, I'm sorry to say, but you are muted right now. <laughs> it's like a normal conference call at work. Hello. I hope yes. you can hear me Thank you. Okay, we can cool, hear cool. now. Uh, sure. I can talk about it. Uh, so uh, my involvement in the in the super app uh, showcase was mainly just coordinating the 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 stuff the the, the main authors of the showcase uh, was the the first one was Andrew uh, and then uh, um, Jakub Romanczyk took over from him uh, and he he's the like the last person who who, who like make it make it into a shape uh, that we can see uh, and I can also speak from uh, like repack maintainer perspective i'm super glad that this content was created that we have this super app showcase because uh, in repack repo there are a lot of um issues created uh, where people are asking how to uh, scale the architecture that repack enables you to 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 implement and now i'll be able just to you know link them to the showcase and tell them yeah actually i think you do this you touched on very important subjects. So let me let's lay some uh, groundwork here. Uh, Repack is a tool that allows you to split your JavaScript uh, bundle into remote chunks that you can download to your app. And uh, it's uh, Rafik is actually maintaining this. And the thing that we released now, just like a day ago or two days ago, I'm really excited about this, is the Super Apps Showcase. So what exactly is Super Apps Showcase and how does it connect to Repack? Um, so it like takes the, the tool, the Repack as a tool, and builds on top of it. Like uh, shows maybe not a, a full real uh, world app, but something that is uh, close to being a pretty good prototype of that app. Uh, and it shows how you can structure things and connect them uh, in a real world use case. Because previously we had a repo, which was, if I remember correctly, was called Repack Examples. And it just mm -hmm. showed uh, how you uh, can do simple things with Repack, or maybe not so simple things, because there were some complex uh, examples that are like, recursively referencing one mini app from the other. I don't want to dive into the details here, uh, but they were not like a real world use case. They were just showcasing what you can achieve with that. And now uh, in the showcase, we we 
basically tell the world how how we see the 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 best uh, architecture mm-hmm. uh, side of things and how you should structure your apps. Like you can uh, base on that example. Yeah. So from what I saw in the repository, the way that we <laughs> uh, Repack team and Super Apps team, as we think. Uh, how you should use it is we have set up a monorepo for you to clone, to fork, to to play uh, with yourself. And we reference all of the other parts of the monorepo uh, in one big super app. Really excited stuff. Uh, so what are the resources beside the monorepo that we are bundling in this uh, huge release? Yeah, actually, there's I feel like there's plenty of knowledge that we have to share about uh, both Repack and Super Apps because we feel like this concept is not yet as popular in the West uh, as it could be. Um, so we prepared some resources for uh, both uh, technical and business audiences. So that's really a lot, and probably I won't be able to tell you all about it, but you will find all of them uh, in the show notes later on. But we have, for example, the technical FAQ for developers and tech leaders. Um, We have resources on optimizing development and team efficiency in the super app landscape. Uh, We have step-by-step guide to super app development and the case study of uh, our super app showcase. So that's already a lot. But we also have um, an FAQ for business leaders, um, for those who want to jump into uh, super app development and haven't yet tried it. And um, we also have some plans for, for more. Uh, so there are plenty of things um, going on in the next weeks and months, I believe. Okay. And uh, aren't, aren't we are like doing some kind of webinar? <laughs> Uh, very soon to talk about all of these things. It seems like a lot of reading for one person to do. Right yeah, so there is uh, going to be a webinar. It's planned for the 10th of May, uh, and I think you all are invited. Uh, we'll be also sharing uh, more details about it in the show notes. It will be focused on updates uh, to Repack and some practical insights about uh, super apps and the use of Repack in this context. Oh yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, last last thing that I want to uh, have your opinion on because what we are doing here, releasing the super apps template, super apps showcase, is to give people an ready to use architecture, let's say, of applying Repack in the real world. But I know from discussions from other uh, with other developers that. Um, there is some confusion about how Repack should be. It's not about how to apply Repack in the architecture, but how to apply Repack in the business case. If they should use Repack, should use Super App in their uh, business case. So I hope I don't want you to, you to answer this on this show, but I hope you can touch on this subject uh, in the webinar as well. Yeah, we surely will. Okay. Uh, thank you, Ola. Uh, for joining us for the coffee talk. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope we'll get uh, to talk with you uh, pretty soon. Yeah, thank uh, you guys. Rafix, please yeah. stay on the yeah, on the air uh, because I what I want to talk with you uh, particularly about is updates in Repack. So if you can uh, let us have a peek behind the curtain, what's going on there? Sure, sure. Uh, so um, 
We're currently in a release candidate phase of uh, version 3.2.0. Uh, there's our C1. Uh, you can fetch uh, from GitHub now and, and just play with it. Uh, although there will be some slight changes to the API as it's a uh, release candidate. So uh, there will be some breaking changes before we uh, release it uh, like in the final version. And there are basically two features uh, that will come with this release. The first one is uh, a built-in way to handle remote assets um, in the repack itself, uh, like a extension of a Webpack loader and also a uh, Webpack plugin that will be baked into the repack. Uh, it was problematic. There were a lot of issues in the repo itself because previously there was no uh, built-in way to, to handle remote assets coming from mini apps. Um, you either had to implement it yourself manually, uh, which was not a great solution. Uh, and there was another way to just inline the, the, the assets into the bundles of the, of the, of the mini apps that you're on demand, uh, fetching. And, um, it was also not, not a good idea because it's like if your mini app is asset heavy, it will explode the bundle size. So, so yeah, and not... I can imagine that you can reference you, you you may want to reference the same asset in in separate mini apps. So yeah, that's another yeah yeah. Issue. So 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 the the first thing is like a way to handle remote assets, uh, and uh, it almost I think it's almost ready. So if you want to play with that. Uh, as I said, just go on and pull the latest uh, uh, RC candidate. Um, and the second thing uh, is code sign-in. So uh, as you know, Repack is uh, mostly, um, it's a good choice for big organizations and large development teams. So the security there is a must. Uh, mm -hmm. And we wanted to make sure that there's a built-in thing into the Repack that will help you uh, ensure the security. So uh, this is uh, like halfway done. Uh, there's still some work uh, being done by Kubaramanchik on that, uh, as we're talking right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, like today, now, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I was I was just like messaging with him on Slack before this uh, episode. So yeah, there's there's some work being done right now. Um, I think we we plan to to finalize it uh, in the next week, so in the week of twenty fourth of April. Um, okay. And yeah, I, I invite everyone uh, to to check out the the code to to play it uh, to play it with it. And you know, if you have any comments, any suggestions, just you know, uh, we're on a GitHub uh, open issue or, or anything. That's sure. Talk. I hope we can uh, we can drop this episode right after the weekend so people have a chance to contribute to the RC to the to the like the final solution. Uh, thank you, Rafik, so much. I really enjoyed you. having you on the show. And uh, you might, if you are watching us, you might notice that there is someone else sitting uh, with graphics in our podcast studio in Wrocław. That is Łukasz Walczak, pseudonym Ryu, uh, who actually today, he's going to say anything, everything about it. But like I said in the beginning of the episode, uh, today on Friday, we have the learning and development day at Kolstak. And uh, Łukasz is actually leading a team of paper maintainers. He is the main maintainer of paper. And they will have some planning today uh, around this. So I invited him to the show to tell us all about it. What are the plans for repa uh, Sorry, for paper? Uh, how are we looking at them? Yeah. Hello, everyone. And yeah, thanks for having me here again. And as always, when I appear in the podcast studio, probably I will talk about the, the paper. So yeah, um, 
the same thing today. So uh, right now in the paper, uh, we are in the version 5.7 and two material designs are still supported. And currently we are focused mainly on the fixing bugs, but from my perspective and from my experience working uh, in the open source, on the open source proje project, it's all about to having fun. So we also um, adding some features and recently, thanks to uh, Tomek Janicek, we extended our dynamic color schemes generator. So users can customize their themes by setting primary, secondary, or tertiary, tertiary colors, or even custom colors. And it's based on the algorithms from Material Color Utilities. And it has the same functionality as uh, Material Theme Builder, uh, but it generates uh, the theme compatible with the paper. Yeah, so okay. this is the, this is the and, uh, current status of the paper. And that is not the RC, that is something that you can use right now and you yeah. can add this uh, first, second and third color and custom colors in your app. Exactly. Okay. So what are you going to do today with your team of, I don't know, few people working actively on paper? What are you plan planning for V6? Yeah, so as you mentioned, we have today uh, upskilling day and I will take that time to organize the creative workshop, let's say. So we are going to collect some ideas for the V6 for we'll we'll create some kind of the roadmap for the next version. We'll set some plans for the next six months. And I think that V6 will be more stable, more mature, more performant and more better. Yeah, and more more customizable. Um, because in the previous version, uh, we had to rush a bit because we wanted to release material you support as soon as possible. There was some, uh, let's say, pressure from the community asking um, where we'll get the material you support. We would like to play with it and so on. So yeah, right now it's it's time to chill. It's time to focus on the code base, simplify it, uh, simplify components code and make the code base more approachable for new contributors. Yeah, 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 awesome. One question that I want to ask. Um, so you said the V5 was rushed a little bit. You had to uh, deliver for the community the mm -hmm. material design V3, the material U. But you kept the MD2, the material design second version in place. Are you going to deprecate the support for material design V2 in uh, paper version six? Um, the decision is not made yet. Uh, definitely it'll be, it will be that topic for our workshop today. Uh, but yeah, as on the previous couple presentation, I was saying that we made it because it was possible because we had solid team. Uh, but at the same time, we created some kind of the tech depth. And currently mm -hmm. in the code base, we have like more over 100 checks is V3. Uh, and most likely we'll drop the support for MD2. However, we'll do our best to make components even more customizable. So user who wants to keep the MD2 style, unfortunately, we have to adjust their components by themselves. Maybe we will create some kind of presets 
don't know yet. Uh, but generally, we also we, we we want to go back to the idea of paper being the solid base for your components library. So okay. Right. So um, yeah, you will be making all of those decisions today. I'm looking forward to the outcome of this, and I'm looking forward for the first RC of paper v6 uh, no pressure though i i can wait i'm not the community i can wait okay thanks. Uh, okay thank you everyone that was uh, our episode recording during the upskilling day the learning and development day at callstack uh, where we have all of our developers um learning and developing new things and working on open source as well so uh thank you rafix uh thank, thank you, you for having me wukash Thanks. Uh, thank you, Ola, who is already off the air. And thank you, Michal, who is already off the air as well. Uh, I hope you to see sometime soon. And yeah, that was the episode. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye.